You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. You know, we're in this series um, called Prayer. Uh, we just like to call it what it is, Prayer. Today we're specifically talking about different types of prayer. I don't know if you know this or not, but there's different types of prayer, right? Many times uh, there's there's many different types, but there's uh, many times we can just think, oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pray. But God's actually designated designated in His Word different kinds of prayer for us to use. We're gonna talk about that here in just a little bit. But I read this quote this past week from Timothy Keller, and it says this: It says, "To fail to pray is not merely to break some religious rule, but it is a failure to treat God." as God. To fail to pray is not just to break a rule, but it's to fail. It's the failure to treat God as God. It is a sin against his glory. And whenever I read that, I was just like, man, that's kind of a harsh statement, but how true that is in the sense of whenever I don't take things to God in prayer, what I am actually showing God and what I'm saying to God without verbalizing it is, God, I got it. I can handle it on my own. And this is the difference, we've talked about this in our series, this is the difference between Jesus is the Savior of my life versus Jesus is the Lord of my life. The Savior is, yeah, he saved me, I'm going to go to heaven someday, but until then, I'm just going to kind of do my own thing. The Lord of my life is, man, he is in charge, he's the boss, and I'm going to bring him into everything that I do, and I'm going to check with him with everything that I do throughout my day and throughout my life. I'm going to keep him involved, keep him number one. Specifically, though, as we're talking about different types of prayer, one of the, the verses or a few verses that we see this is found in 1 Timothy chapter 2. And it says this. This is kind of the reason for this entire series as well. It says this. It says, therefore, I exhort or, or I urge, first of all, that supplications, that prayers, that intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Doesn't that sound pretty good in 2020, right? Like, I'll take, a, I'll take a drink of that. Yeah, give me some of that right there. That sounds good. Like, I want to lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence or dignity. Like, I want my life to reflect that. But what does it start with? It starts all with, what, supplications, with prayers, with intercessions, and with giving of thanks, this is why God put this series on my heart for this time right here is because we have a crazy important election coming up for not just our nation, but for the world as well. There's a lot at stake with what's coming on. And if um, I would just encourage you, you need to vote. You have to vote. What I would like to remind myself of is every time that I go vote, it's, it's a great way for me to thank a veteran, somebody that's served and, and fought for that right, for that honor to vote Man, they, they've kept it. Man, every time I vote, I think, man, I'm thanking a veteran, even though they may not know it, but I'm thanking them that I still have this ability, that I can still go cast my vote, and I can vote for biblical principles um, in, in my state, in my city, in my nation. Man, what an amazing, golly, thank God that we live in America. It could be, it could be much worse. Um, but we need, we need to vote. But here's the thing, though. He says, if you're going to lead a quiet peaceable life in all godliness, who am I praying for? I need to pray for all men, that's, that's men and women, all humankind, but for kings and all who are in authority. I need to be praying 
for the people that are making some decisions. And when I do that, what happens? God says he will influence and he will go to work on our behalf. And what's going to happen? He's going to allow us to lead the kind of life that he has for you and for me. Here's the thing, though. When it comes to different types of prayers, here's what I don't want. People can get super religious with this and say, well, I need to pray this type of prayer for this situation. And if we're not careful, what happens is we put ourselves in this like religious box and we imagine as if God is up, up in heaven and he's watching us and he's listening to our prayers with his arms crossed. And he's like, oh, man, you know, you were actually you were praying for healing. OK, but you actually use this kind of prayer. So I don't think I can answer that. OK, you missed it by that much. OK, God's not doing that. All right. He's not up there going through, well, you didn't do it quite like you should have. He's not doing that. God just wants you to pray, okay? That's the first thing we need to realize today. He just wants you to talk to him. More importantly, he wants to converse with you. He wants you to talk, and he wants to talk back, and he wants you to hear his voice. He wants to talk with you. That's the thing. Why then do we have different types of prayer? Why? There are different types of prayer so that we can pray with more confidence, and we can pray with effectiveness, the, the Bible lays out these different kinds of prayers so that I know, man, I'm facing this situation. I know what to do to make my prayer the most effective where the Holy Spirit's going to work on my behalf. I'm praying in alignment with God's word and things are going to change in my life. Let me show you exactly what I mean. The first type, if you're taking notes, is this. The first type is the prayer of request. The prayer of request. This is one of the most popular ones. The prayer of request. Inside the prayer of request, there's two different types. The first one is the supplication. The second one is intercession. Supplication is my request or a petition for myself, a need that I have. Intercession is a request or a petition for others, other people. People maybe I don't even know. <laughs> people maybe I really know closely. Maybe somebody for somebody else that I'm just praying that they would come to know Jesus, intercession for other people. If you want a great example of this, I don't know if I have it in your notes or not, but in John chapter 17, the whole chapter, Jesus prays the prayer of request, and he does both of these things. He makes supplication on his behalf to his heavenly Father, and then he does intercession for his disciples that were physically with him, and then he, he's a, he's a, um, he prays for the, a request for others. He does intercession on your behalf, like you here in 2020. He prays for you. If you want to know what Jesus is praying over you, you can go right there, John 17, and you can read it. He's praying for you, but he's making the prayer of request the perfect example of it. The first one, though, is the supplication. The most popular verse, you're going to see this word, is in Philippians 4, 6-7. We probably know this. We've talked about this quite a bit. It says this, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by what? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Look at this. Let your request, supplication, your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Peace comes... When I take a request to God in prayer, but it only comes when I know his character. Because if I don't know God, I'm not going to have a lot of peace when I pray and I just kind of have my fingers crossed. Maybe God's going to answer it. Maybe he heard it. I don't even know if he heard my prayer. I have no peace in that. Peace comes with confidence in my relationship. The best way to approach supplication is to ask a God 
as children talking to their kind-hearted father. Great example of this, my son Gavin. Um, he's got quite a bit of a sweet tooth, right? He doesn't eat super good, but like if we're having waffles or cake or last night we had some like pie and he's like down in it, right? Um, sweet tooth, big time. Many times he'll come to me and ask if he can have some candy. Whenever he does, though, he knows that we have candy because we want, like, I like candy, number one, but we, we want to, I'll give him some candy if, he, if we have it, you know, whatever, no big deal. He comes to me sometimes and he'll say this. He'll say, hey, Dada, can I have a piece of candy? And before I can answer, and he's like, it's okay if you say no. I was just thinking like one or two pieces, like one or two Skittles or one or two caramel or uh, whatever. What are they called? Caramel corns? Candy corns. That's what they are. Candy corns. They have the caramel version now. Threw me off. Candy corns. One or two. And at first, obviously, I have Gavin's best interest in mind. I'm not going to let him eat 12 bags of Skittles every day, right? He's going to be sick. He's going to be malnourished. It's not going to be good. I want to give him Skittles. But what does he start with? Every time he's ever said that to me, it's okay if you say no. I think every time he said that to me about whatever he's asking, I will always say yes. Why? Because he's coming to me with a request, but ultimately he's submitting to, I know that you know what's best for me, and I'm okay if you say no. What is that for us? Me going to God, I'm bringing a request. God, I need this to happen. It's okay if you say no, because I know you have better wants and desires for me than I even know that I want for myself. So if you say no, I know it's because there's something better. What do I have now? I have peace. Because what? I gave my request to God. I know he's a good, perfect father who wants the best for me. But what happens? I need to submit to his will at the end of it. I can bring a request, but I always know that his will is better for me than what I want for myself. Ah, it's okay if you say no. All right, man, I got you. I can make something happen there. I can do that. Another great example of this is me and Leslie, a few months ago, we got a house, and we're renting to own this house. It's a little bit of a fixer-upper. When we got our hands on it, um, most of the work is done, but I had zero flooring, right? So I've been sharing some stories about the tile fiasco and some of this other stuff. Um, and you know, we've been believing God specifically. We've been making a, a supplication to God. God, we need some finances so that we can finish the floors in our house. And so we've been praying. We, we've been standing in agreement together. We've been praying over this. And as we've been praying for several weeks now, God, we need a little bit of extra money to come in so that we can buy carpet. What happened was this past week, or I think it was within the past week or two, we had a friend show up at the door uh, randomly. And they said, hey, uh, they're actually the people that we are um, leasing or renting from right now. They're the owners of the house. And they showed up and they said, hey, I just want you guys to know we're going to give back this month's rent and then don't worry about paying next month's rent either here. Use that money for your floor. Praise God, right? Totally unexpected. I had no idea that God would answer our prayer through not having to pay rent, which is amazing, right? So good. God thinks outside the box. Like I'm thinking I got rent. And I got a school bill. I got to pay my family. Like, I got all this stuff. God thinks outside the box. But what, what happens? Several weeks ago when I made the request, I lived in peace. I walked every day on that floor that was bare. It's unfinished concrete, right? I can see, I can see the nastiness of stuff that's been on it. But I didn't worry about it. I wasn't stressed about it. I was walking in peace because I knew 
I gave this to God, so this floor is basically done anyway, even though it's hard, cold concrete beneath my feet. It's God's. He's got the answer. When I make a request, I can live in peace. The second one is this, intercession. Intercession. We'll go back to that first verse, uh, 1 Timothy 2.1. This is the New Living Translation. It says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Praying for other people should be a priority in my life as a believer. It should be. It can be easy for it to not to be, but it should be a priority. In fact, the prophet Samuel in the Old Testament, he takes it a step further. Here's what he says in 1 Samuel 12, 23. He says this, As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. Specifically, he's talking about the nation of Israel and the new king. And what is, what is 1 Timothy about? All men and for kings and people that are in authority. Same thing. But Samuel says, I take it on myself as a mouthpiece for God, which we are, that I'm going to pray for other people. And if I don't, if I see someone in need, or if God puts a burden on my heart and I say, no, I'll pray for them later, or hey, man, I'll be praying for you, but I don't pray, he says, no, that's sin to me. I should have prayed right then and right there. Far be it for me that I should sin against the Lord and, and not praying for people. Supplication and intercession. The second prayer is this, the prayer of agreement. If you're taking notes, you can fill in the blank. The prayer of agreement. The prayer of agreement. I know I'm going to cover a lot of different topics here, but these are also important. You can see how they build on one another. The prayer of agreement. This is different than intercession. Intercession is I'm praying for someone, and I might not even be in the same state or the same nation as them. I can pray for someone, not physically be with them or be far from them or barely even know them, but I can pray for someone from afar off. The prayer of agreement, this is when I join my faith with someone else's to bring a request or a situation to God. This is me and another believer. We are agreeing in faith, according to God's word, that something will happen. Let me show you what I mean. It's found, um, let's see, Matthew 18. Jesus says this. He says, I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything, everyone say anything, you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Wow, this must be a pretty important prayer then, right? The prayer of agreement. He will do it for you. This is why whenever I, I, I ask to pray for people and, I, and I, I, God put them on my heart, I say, if I know they're a believer, I say, hey, how can I be agreeing with you? How can I be agreeing with you in prayer? Why? Because I know, Matthew 18, I tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything, not some things, not the big things, not the little things, not this sickness, but not that sickness, not this situation, but not that situation. Concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it. Agreement. This is also why whenever someone asks for prayer from, from me, what I always like to ask back is if it's a specific situation, I say, what verse are you spiritually standing on and speaking over this situation? Do you have a verse? Do you have a promise from God that you're clinging to? Do you have something that you've, man, we're asking for that, but do you know what this says about that situation? If not, you need to. Why? Because me and you can start praying the same scripture, speaking in faith, the same scripture over that situation, and what's going to happen? 
It will happen. <laughs> he will do it for you. He will answer the prayer. But what happens? I need to agree, put our faith together, the prayer of agreement. It works. But you have to know what you're standing on. What am I believing for? Do I have something I'm speaking over my life? So we see the prayer of request, right? This can be me praying for somebody. Man, I'm interceding on their behalf specifically, probably most importantly for someone that's far from God, a family member, whatever. God, I pray that you'd bring people into their life to point them closer to you. I see the prayer of agreement, two believers coming together, and they're joining their faith. But then we take it a step further with this one. It's the prayer of faith. Number three, the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is for believers that are maturing in the faith. As I grow closer to God, as my faith grows stronger, I pray with all confidence because I know God's word. I know God's word. This is when I use my faith in agreement with God's word or his will to change circumstances. This is when I can go in and I can pray for an unbeliever that is sick and I can pray for their healing using the prayer of faith, and they can be healed. We can get confused, and we can say, well, we got to get them saved first. We get them saved, then we can get them physically healed. I can tell you this. The prayer of faith will work whether believer, unbeliever, whether a growing Christian or a static Christian. It will work. Let me show you an example from James chapter 5. This is where we see the main example, and it's used with sickness. It says this. It says, Any, anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Some things to break down here. Number one, save. That word save in the original Greek language is this, to make well, to heal, to restore to health. To restore to health. The second thing is this. Many people read this and they say, well, oil, what are we talking about? Is that like some type of medicine? Oil is always a representation of anointing or the Holy Spirit being poured out on someone's life. We saw this from the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament. It's simply an example. It's nothing weird. What we do is we take a little bit, we put it on our thumb, and we just put it on people's forehead right here. It's not a religious thing. There's not special power in the oil. It's an act of faith. It's very similar to taking communion. I take communion not because of a religious thing. I take it as an act of faith, declaring healing in my body when I chew the bread, renewing my, my life and, and remembering the sacrifice and the covenant through the blood when I drink the juice. It's very similar whenever I use the oil. I'm just anointing as a reminder, hey, this body, this presence right here, from head to toe, it belongs to Jesus. And because of that, no sickness has a right to be in this body. So let's take care of it. What does he say then? It's not the oil or the medicine that raises them up. What does it say? In the prayer of faith, we'll save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. The Lord. The prayer of faith is a miraculous prayer. It's a miraculous prayer. We're using the example of sickness, but it uses, it's the same for all promises in God's word. The prayer of faith. What is faith? Faith is the conviction of truth or it's belief. I have to believe it. I have to be convicted, convinced that his word is more true than anything I face. Anything I face. In fact, let's look at the power of belief here in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. It says, Jesus said to him, speaking, this is a, a situation for healing. He says, if you can believe, all things, everyone say all things, are possible to him who believes. 
all things. Some things, no. Little things, no. Big things, um, this sickness, but not that sickness, no. All things, belief, do I believe it? I may know God's word in my mind, but do I believe God's word in my heart? That's the difference between a prayer of, I hope something happens, versus the prayer of faith. I believe it in my heart. And what? If I believe, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Many times we know God's promises, yet we lack the faith. We lack the belief in those same promises. I know the Bible verse. I know that. But do I believe it? Like this one, right? All things are possible to him who believes. That sounds good, man. Put that on the wall in the dining room, right? That sounds awesome. Cool, you can do that. But do you believe it? If you believe it, it'll change your life. If, if you don't, it'll just be, oh, it's a good pick-me-up when I'm having my morning coffee when I see it. That's cool if you want that, but I want more. I want to see this come to pass in my life. And if you do too, it starts with belief in here, in here. That can only come with time with God. That can only come with time with God, me submitting to him, submitting to him. All things are possible when we stand in faith and we pray according to God's word. In fact, I love this at the end of James, that, that same passage, James 5, 16, he says this, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and it produces wonderful results. I love the new living. That's so good. Has great power and it produces wonderful results. What does the prayer, the prayer of a righteous person maturing in the faith? You know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean I have to be in church for 30 years and then I can pray the prayer of faith for someone. It just means I have to genuinely submit my life, get on my knees and say, God, I submit to your word above all. I submit to it. It's not what I want. It's not what I can understand. It's not what I've been taught growing up. If your word says it, I believe it. And when that happens, the maturity that begins, the exponential spiritual growth that takes place in your heart changes everything. It makes up for years that maybe I've been in your church for 30 years, but I can be refreshed in a moment when I genuinely approach the throne of God. I have to mature in the faith. Here's part of that. When I read God's word, if I read his word and I don't agree with something, I have to assume that I'm wrong or I've been taught wrong. Several years ago, I came to that moment in my life. There was things that I believed, things that I prayed for, the ways that I acted. And as I started to get serious about my time with God every day, the Holy Spirit worked on my life and I read things and I said, I don't know if I believe that. Things I knew. But I had to come to a point where I say, all right, God, I'm wrong. Show me how to believe that. You know, in that verse, Mark chapter 9, I would encourage you just to read Mark 9 because it's a story. In the story, this dad is pleading for his son. Jesus says, if you can believe, all things are possible. A few verses after that, the father looks at Jesus and he says, I believe, help my unbelief. And when I, when I have read that, that is the most relatable statement ever. 
because you read God's word and you want it to be true. And I want to believe, but what happens? I got to submit to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, help me help my unbelief. I want to believe, help me see. And when you pray that prayer and you go and you approach with that heart, if I read something I don't agree with, if I read something I say, yeah, but that, you know, that doesn't apply to 2020. Yeah, but that was back in when Jesus was here. Or you start throwing yeah buts in there, faith is out the window. Belief in this thing, if you'll put your faith in this, believe this over everything, your life will drastically change. Doesn't mean it's all going to be sunshine and, and rainbows. No. Honestly, it probably means you're going to have a target on your back from the devil because he sees that you're starting to mature in the faith and you're not just a baby anymore. Any, any military leader is not scared of a baby. They are scared of a general. That's where we're called to be. Mature in the faith. Pray the, the prayer of faith and see God work on our behalf. No doubting. If you can believe, all things are possible for those who believe. Healing is one example. There's many others when it comes to other promises from God. Do I believe it over the, the, the circumstance? Last one is this. The prayer of worship and thanksgiving. Worship and thanksgiving. Is this helping anybody today? It's, just, it's helping me. I know that much. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. The prayer of worship and thanksgiving. Worship is focused on who God is. Thanksgiving focuses on what God has done. Worship focuses on who God is. He is holy. He is the only God. He is my creator. God, you are awesome. I'm just honored to be in your presence. Worship. Thanksgiving focuses on what God has done. I'm thankful for what he's done in my life. You may say, Pastor Dan, I don't know if he's done a lot in my life. If anything, if you're saved, he's brought you salvation. If anything, that is the most important. Start with worship. In Hebrews 13, 15, it says this, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips. What? I'm praising him with my mouth, giving thanks to his name. The sacrifice of praise. This always confused me growing up. Like, what are we talking about here? How can praise be a sacrifice? How can praise be a sacrifice? The word sacrifice in the original Greek, the original Greek word is this, to kill or slaughter for a purpose. To kill or to slaughter for a purpose. What's a sacrifice of praise? It's when I worship and when I praise. Oftentimes it requires that we kill our pride, our fears, our selfishness, anything that would keep us from wholeheartedly worshiping and glorifying the Lord. I go into his presence and many times it takes me, that's why I talked about last week, humbling myself physically. I will get on my knees in his presence. Why? Because I want to sacrifice my pride. It's not about who I am or what, what, what if somebody walked in and they saw me worshiping like this? Who cares? I'm with my Father. That's worship. This is why it's so important for us whenever we come together to worship before we dive into God's Word because it removes stuff. It's a sacrifice of praise. This is why, though it may feel uncomfortable, we see people raising their hands. You see people, uh, I saw Parker, hopefully he's okay with me saying this. He was in the back over here. He was literally sitting down on the floor enjoying the presence of God, worshiping. He didn't care. He wasn't being a distraction to anyone, but he didn't care who saw. Why? He's with his Father. 
It's beautiful. He sacrificed his pride, his selfishness, what I want to be in the presence of his heavenly father. Many times our pride, it's wrapped in insecurity, right? Well, what if, what's so-and-so going to think? Or what if someone sees me? We need, to, we need to just go into his presence and just worship and put all of our junk on the altar and sacrifice it in praise. I promise you. Let's go to the next one, Thanksgiving, as I wrap up here. Thanksgiving. We're going to go back to Philippians 4. It says this, same verse. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, here it is, supplication, what? With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Here's what happens. When I give thanks for what God has done, it brings me peace. It brings me peace. When I give thanks for the past, it gives me peace for the present and faith for the future. Why? Because I remember God's faithfulness. God, you saved me when I was lost. God, you freed me from that addiction, and I am free now. God, you healed me when I was sick. God, you moved when you paid that bill, when we had no idea how we were going to pay that bill. When I remember and I thank him for what he's done, it gives me peace knowing that what? Surpasses all understanding. It guards my heart. He did it before, and he will do it again. It may be a different situation, It may be the same situation, but if he moved before, he will move again. And if you don't have some area like that in your life, all you got to do is read this book. If he did it before in here, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, he will do it again. So what are you facing? Thank him for what he did here and believe for what he will do in your life in the present. I have peace for the present, but what? Faith for the future. Look at this verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, look, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Give thanks. Remember what he's done. I have faith for the future. He's done it before. I have peace knowing he's going to do it again, and I can't wait to see when he does it. I have faith for the future. What? I'm going to stand firm and let nothing move me. No new report, no new situation, no, oh, here's another situation that came up. It doesn't matter. He did it before. My faith is in him and nothing else, not my circumstance. We have many different prayers. There's actually other prayers that I'm not going to get into today. These are the ones I feel like God put on my heart for us to talk about today. But as you can see, how important they are to make our prayers effective and for us to live, what, peaceable lives in all godliness. It starts with prayer. It's the prayer of request, prayer of agreement, the prayer of faith, the prayer of worship and thanksgiving. And another one that, can I just tell you, you cannot live without is, the, is praying in the Spirit. It's a heavenly prayer language. There's something called praying in tongues. I don't know how you've been how you've been raised, what you think about that, what you've been taught about that. Next week I'm gonna talk about it. And I'm gonna make it so clear. I mean, you're gonna be, it's gonna change your life. And if you've if you've done it before but it's been dormant, it's gonna light a fire in you. If you've had any questions about it, be here next week. Because power and boldness comes through praying in the spirit. 
it will drastically change your life. And I'll share my story of how it changed my life, the trajectory of my life. Here's the reflection questions I want to leave you with today. These are reflection questions. This is our content for your community groups. If you're getting together with your family or with some friends this week, here's your opportunity to take what we talked about and make it personal. It's on your notes, but it says this, how often do I pray for other people and those in leadership? Week one, we said this, are you complaining about the, the COVID-19 or are you praying about it? Are you complaining about your government official or are you praying for him? How often am I really doing that? Number two, when do I have uh, or who do I have in my life that can agree with me in prayer? Do I have a friend that's making me better in Christ? If not, I need to find that person. I need to hold them close. Who do I have that when I bring a problem to them, they will show me God's word and not their opinion or not their story of how it didn't work? Who's going to bring me God's word? That's who I need to find. I need to have their name or multiple names. Do I have a scripture that I'm speaking over my request right now? Whatever you're facing, what's the promise of God? Whatever you're facing, what does God's word say about it? If you don't know, find it. Memorize it. Put it everywhere. Say it every day in faith and watch God move on your behalf. The last one is this, the action step. Make the prayer of worship and thanksgiving a consistent part of your daily life. For me, this is my time whenever I'm driving alone in the car. <laughs> That's not my quiet time. My quiet time is different because I'm undistracted in my quiet time, my chair time. My time in the car is worship. And I've passed some people on the highway who probably thought I was crazy because I was getting after it on the highway, okay? Hands up, safely driving, but just crying my face off, whatever it may be, cheering, whatever. I no agenda. God, I don't need anything from you. I'm just here for you. I just want to be in your presence, tell you thank you, worship you. That's all. And by the time I get to wherever I'm going, man, I'm charged up, whether it's a meeting, whether it's a job site, whether whatever it is, let's go, man. Hopefully they're ready to talk about Jesus because that's probably what we're going to end up talking about. Next week, how do I pray in the Spirit? Don't miss it. Let me pray really quick as we wrap up. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us an outline. Thank you for showing us how to pray effectively in Jesus' name. God, we thank you that you work on our behalf. You work on our behalf. Whenever we step in faith, when we pray in agreement with other people, your word promises results. And God, today we expect it as we pray. We expect it in Jesus' name. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you're in here, you say, Pastor Dan, I need God to move in my life. I'm far from him. Maybe you were close with God at one time, but you've drifted. You've been living in sin. You've been, you know you're not right with God and you want to make things right. Or maybe you're in here and you say, Pastor Dan, I, I, I need to do that for the first time for real. I need to dedicate my life to Christ today. If that's you, either one of those, I'm not going to have you do anything weird. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to have you raise your hand so I can pray with you. Right there at your seat, if that's you, for either one of those. You want to recommit your life to Christ or you want to do it for real for the first time. Would you just raise your hand and put it right back down? Awesome. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to pray. And I want everyone in here to say this prayer after me. This prayer is a prayer of faith for our salvation. I'm believing in my heart what I'm saying with my mouth. And God says he welcomes us into the family of God. If that's you, if you need to recommit your life, or you want to commit it for real. Pray this prayer and mean it. Say it out loud. Church family, let's pray together. Pray it out loud. Say this. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to come to this earth, 
and to die on a cross for my sins. I believe that you've raised him from the dead, that he is alive today, that he is my savior. I make him my Lord. Jesus, come into my heart, forgive my sins, make me new on the inside. Give me your spirit in Jesus' name. I am a child of God. I am saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.